Praise you, Jesus. Amen. God is good. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you and we praise you for this day. We pray that you would have your way in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Let your word speak to our hearts. Let our hearts be open to receive all that you have for us. And anything, Lord God, that's not of you, I pray that it would fall away to the wayside. Amen? After that, time to take up an offering. Hallelujah. Come on down, Grace. Praise God. God is good. A couple things we need to keep in prayer is Julie's mom, Joan, she has a very bad toothache, and she needs to go to the dentist. So pray for her. Well, let's lift her up and pray right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would take away this pain that's in mom's tooth, that you would heal it, Lord God, that you, Lord God, would just relieve her pain and stress. We pray for your peace and your angels to minister in that home. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Lord, we thank you also for this tithes and offerings that you're bringing in. I pray that you would bless your body, bless, the, bless each one of us, Lord God, with uh, prosperous hands, hands that are working for the kingdom, minds that are thinking for the kingdom, Lord God, and, and help us to grow in the kingdom. Lord God, as we come here, to worship you, to praise you, to give you honor and glory, to give you this time. And help us each day to find time for you, Lord God, in our busy schedules, to be with you. That is the most important thing that we can do, is to be with you. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Joe, can you get a song ready for me? I'll tell you the title. All I got on here, Jesus is the way, hallelujah. Jesus is the way. Can't Nobody by Maverick City. I've been listening to a lot of Maverick City lately, trying to play it on my guitar at home. Yes, sir. Can't Nobody by Maverick City. Maverick City with Kurt Franklin, Brandon Lake, But the title of my sermon today is called God Loves You. God loves you. God, the creator of the universe, loves you. Do you know that? That God loves you. He loves you with a steadfast love that is immovable. Not only does God love you, 
but he pursues you. He pursues you. He looks for you. He knows you. He knows where you are. He knows where you're going. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're doing. He knows you. And he pursues you. You know what's amazing about God? He knows everything. There is nothing in your life that you can hide from God. God knows everything. He knows every thought, every intention of the heart. He knows the heart. Do you know God reads your heart like a book? Isn't that amazing? He can read your heart like a book. He knows the intentions of your thoughts. Because you know what? Why? And how? Because he created you. Each one of us, God hand-formed perfectly to become you. And not only did he hand-form you perfectly... He then breathed life into you through your nostrils and gave you life. And when he did that, that is a transferring of the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, breathing in you, living in you, filling you. Telling me that Caleb is going to be gone tomorrow. I'm going to turn my volume off here so I don't hear these blips and bleeps. God loves you. God pursues you. Do you feel like you're being pursued by God? Do you feel like God is pursuing you? Do you, in your mind and your thoughts, hear the voice of God speaking to you through your daily lives, leading you and guiding you? That is the place where we need to be with God. Listening. Quieting. Hearing. Not just hearing, but hearing and believing and doing. You know what else is amazing about God? God knows... Think about this. God knows when one of his sheep is outside his pasture. God knows when one of us wander off. Right? On our own stupidity, on our own adventures or whatever we do that takes us away from God. God knows that. And you know what's amazing? God knows that about every one of his children here on this planet called Earth. And how many billions of people are on earth now? Over 7 billion, isn't it? It's over 7 billion, right, Ephraim? 8 billion now. 
I knew I'd go get the facts. I'd get it straight from Ephraim. He would tell me. Eight, over 8 billion people on this earth. God knows every single one of them. And he knows every single intentions of every single one of their hearts. And he knows where everybody is all the time. And he knows when we wander off and stray. And you know what's amazing about God? Is God will leave. I can't even do the math. The 7 billion 999 million, 999 thousands, you know. I can't even do the numbers. It's such a, a great number. He will leave all of them to chase and pursue after you. Matthew chapter 18, verses 10 through 14. It's a parable that Jesus was teaching. Matthew chapter 18, verses 10 through 14. He says, see that you do not look down on one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Isn't that amazing? We're God's little ones, and we have an angel assigned to each one of us that that angel sees the face of God every day in behalf of you for your well-being. They're called ministering spirits, spirits, guardian angels. See footnote. <laughs> I'm sure that's not the scripture. Hold on. I've got it. Come on, Bible. There you go. Matthew chapter 18, verses 10. We'll start there. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? That is what God does with us. When we wander off, he will leave those 799 billion to pursue you to chase after you, to follow you, to bring you back into the fold. Why? Because you are his creation, who he've created, and who he loves. Who he desires to spend time with and to be with. And who wants you to be with him for eternity. And what he does when he finds you, it says here in the Bible that if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the very same way, 
your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. God, when he finds you, he doesn't hold judgment against you. He doesn't keep grudges. He doesn't cast blame. Even on our own stupidity, when we make poor choices and do things in our own strength. God still loves us. He still pursues us. And when he finds us, what does he do? The Bible just told us he rejoices. It makes his heart glad. He goes, gets the fatted calf and slaughters and says, we're going to have a party because my prodigal son or daughter is back home, back in my safety, back in my pastures. I am happy and I want to rejoice. Because once I was lost, but now I'm found. God is a good God, a caring God, a loving God, a kind God, a gentle God, a steadfast God. Do you know God is steadfast? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. His love does not change for you. Tethered. His love does not change for you. His love is steadfast. Isn't that great to know that there is a God whose love is steadfast for you? It will not change. He will love you the same today as he does yesterday. And he will love you the same yesterday as he will forever and ever. And his love is immeasurable, meaning you can't measure God's love. It's greater than anything we can imagine. It's greater than anything that we can experience here on earth. Greater. We don't even fully understand the love of God that he has for us and for, us, for his creation. You know, Paul said, and I'm skipping around here, Joe. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13, 9 through 12. Paul said this about what we know about God. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfection disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things and childish ways. Put them behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we will see face to face. Now I know in part. Then shall I know fully, even as I am fully known. Meaning we only know, we only see through a veil. We only see glimpse of how much God loves us and how much God loves each one of you. When we go to heaven and we see God face to face and all these mysteries of the universe 
all these mysteries of the earth, all these mysteries and questions that we have will be revealed to us. And we will know just fully how much God loves us and cares for us. How much He knew about our lives. When we think, oh, God's not looking, God's not seeing this, but He does see all these things. When we look and we think, well, where is God? When we're crying out to Him in our hearts, and He's going to say, I was right there with you the whole way. When you were pouring out your heart and your spirit to me, I was there listening to you. The facts are that we only know so little about God. In comparison, we know so little, period, in comparison to what God knows. A lot of us here like to think we know a lot. We lived a lot. Well, God's lived in eternity. You know, who created God? You know, Job, God said to Job, did you create me? Did you create these things? I created all these things. Can you tell the wind to go from the north to the south or from the east to the west? Can you tell the storehouses of rain when to fall? Can you part the waters from the land? Can you tell, tell the skies and let there be light and there be light? Can you hook the Leviathan? <laughs> we only know so little. God knows all. God is sovereign. God knows all. He's sovereign. He's created the universe. He's sovereign over the universe, over the galaxies that are in the universe, over each star he's named. Who can count the stars? God put every one of them in motion and created every single one. How great is our God? But yet, that great, great God that put all those stars in motion knows everything about you and your life, who created you, who knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb, the Bible tells us. God knew you. Isn't that amazing? Before you were even created, before you were even a thought, God knew you. And not only that, but God has a heart for you, who pursues you, who longs for you, who rejoices over you. He's a good, good father. (laughs) He's not just a good, good father. He is the greatest father there's ever been and there ever will be. You know, I want to share a psalm with you, Psalm 139. And I'll close with this. Today will be a short sermon. It said, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. 
You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. And if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, where I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Isn't that amazing? Think about what we just read. All the days that were ordained for me, David says, were written in your book before one of those days came to be. God has wrote out your whole life in a book, written down, everything that you are going to do. Do you think God plans things? <laughs> God plans everything to the slightest detail. And everything that God plans is perfect. Can you imagine that? Everything that God has planned is perfect. 800 or 8 billion people on the earth, God has written a book about their lives before they were even created. And he planned their lives and they were perfect. All have a purpose. God's will is for not one to perish. God's will is for not one to go astray. Not for a sheep to run off. But when that sheep runs off, God pursues that sheep. Because he wants that sheep to follow that perfect plan that he has for that life. That he's created for that individual.
How precious for me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them, were I to count them! They would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. You know, King David, when he was writing this, he wasn't trying to hide from God. He wasn't trying to find a place where there was no God. He wasn't, he wasn't saying that, I just got to get, I just got to take a break from God and get away. I got to find a, my safe spot. I got to find my sanctuary spot where there's no God that I can run to and hide just to get away from him. He wasn't saying that at all. He was saying, God, wherever I go, your presence goes with me. I can't hide from you. I don't want to hide from you. God, I thank you and I praise you that wherever I go, you go. I thank you and I praise you that your hands are upon me and that you will lead and guide me. I thank you and I praise you, God, that every day you have written out my, my day for me before I even wake. My day is planned, been written out in your book. Help me to follow that plan. And Lord, if I stray from that plan, then pursue me to get me back on that perfect plan that you have. God, I just want to be with you. Wherever I go, I want you to go. Don't ever hide your face from me. Make your face shine upon me and be gracious to me. Keep your hands upon me and bless me. Hem me in, like King David said. Hem me in, Lord. Protect me. Keep my enemies. If you were to read on Father in that psalm, it says, keep your enemies far from me. It says, if only you would slay the wicked, O God, away from me. Your bloodthirsty men, they speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and adore those who rise up against you, and abhor those that rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Is what David said. Then he went on and said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Lead me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me on the way of everlasting. The Bible tells us to be anxious for nothing, but through all things, through prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. Be anxious for nothing. When we feel anxious is when we got to stop. My wife and I, Julie and I, we talked about this a little bit, anxious thoughts yesterday a little bit. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer. When you feel anxious, stop, drop and roll. <laughs> stop, drop, and pray. Amen? You need to pray. When you're feeling anxious, pray. 
seek the hand of God for his favor, his thoughts. Because his thoughts are not our thoughts. His thoughts are higher than ours. You know, one thing I wrote down here is this week I came down. I was struggling a little bit this week. I came out in the church and I walked around in the church and I just poured my heart how I was feeling about how things were going. And I just went around several times just praying. And I was angry, more angry at myself than anything else. But I was angry, right? Because of my own stupidness. Stupidness. No, kind of like a pity party. Stupidness. Stupidness. But I got down here, I got alone with God, and I just started, God, why? What's going on? Why are things happening the way they should happen? Why aren't we blessed like we should be blessed? You know, going on, just going around the church, praying. I'll tell you what, though. God wants us to pour our heart out to him and be real with him. Because he knows our hearts. You can't hide it from him. And he loves you too much to see you go off and astray somewhere. He will pursue you. He's pursuing all of us here every day. Pursuing us. Because he wants the best for us. Amen? God loves us. And his love is steadfast. Some, some of us need that steadfastness in our lives. We need something that's going to be steadfast there. Knowing that God will always be there. He will never fail you or forsake you. His love is steadfast for you. It will not change. Greater than anything this world has ever seen is God's love. Probably the most powerful thing in the Bible. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says that without love we're just noisy, gong clanging symbols. You know, that's the love chapter. So, Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that we would surrender to you, to your will, all of us here, Lord God, today. That we would let you minister to us, that your love would encompass us, that, Lord God, your angels, your ministering spirits would minister to us, your love. That we would just rest in your peace and knowing that you are for us, you're not against us. And that you do want to bless us and you have nothing but good things for us, Lord God. And Lord, help us to listen to your voice. I pray that you would open our ears to hear you, open our eyes to see you, Lord God, to give you praise, Lord God, when we see you move mightily in our lives, to give you the glory, Lord God, to worship you, Lord Jesus, as you call us to be worshipers. And lovers, Lord God, help us. Help us to love more like Jesus. Choose the Jesus way, which is love. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Amen.